that's all going to have an impact on them. I think the end though is what we were talking about in terms of loneliness. I think that as they try to fill the need or connection with other means, they're either going to go down the wrong track and, and engage with the wrong kind of people, or they're going to end up very lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lonely is not good. No. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Today, we're back with Janine McNally, and this is the second podcast in our conversation about how do we train Generation Alpha. If you haven't heard the beginning or want to know a little bit more about Janine, go back to podcast number 46, and there we introduce Janine and we introduce the topic and talk a little bit about the Alpha Generation. So today we're going to be talking about fearful parents. We're in a culture where there's a lot going on out there, and are you fearful for your kids, for the things out there? There are a lot of challenges for parents out there, and they could have a tendency to make one fearful. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the challenge to parents and the churches of the day. We're going to talk about the need for community. Uh, believe it or not, there are some problems with social media, <laughs> and we are going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about some of the solutions for good communication, and then we are going to close with just an introduction to finding hope. So let's go on in and listen to podcast number two of How Do We Train the Alpha Generation? So do you think parents are fearful in today's world or do some not care? And for those that are fearful, should they be fearful? <laughs> oh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I was raising little ones right now, I would be scared to death, I think, as they face the world. My daughter and son-in-law are already talking about we're not letting our kids go to schools. We just had the Nashville school shooting this week. Oh, and awful. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're not putting our kids in school. We're going to, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're not doing that. So yes, they are. I think they are fearful. I think they don't know how to cope. I think they're looking to the church to provide answers. I don't think the church is necessarily providing those answers yet because they don't know what to do either because there's so much change coming so quickly. Mm -hmm. You might've heard the terms helicopter parents, tiger parents. I have a chapter mm -hmm. in my book about that, about how helicopter parents basically operate out of fear, trying to protect and control the outcomes for their children. So they hover, uh, trying to help them avoid pain and disappointment. Well, that's not possible in today's world. So I think that's where they go wrong. Tiger parents on the other side are pushing their children because they want them to be successful and their kids they see their kids as trophies. So, you know, they put posts up on their social media about their perfect vacation and other parents see that and go, oh my goodness, our vacation wasn't as good as that. We need to do better. So they're striving and pushing all the time for their kids to be successful in sports and dance recitals, hoping that they'll get that ever elusive college scholarship, you know, to further their education. Mm -hmm. So are they fearful? Oh my goodness. Yes. And I think in a sense they should be because the world is a scary place. And maybe that fear will motivate them to be a little more 
deliberate in how they raise them rather than just letting life happen. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. I feel like in a sense, fear is sometimes a good thing because it drives us to the arms of God, drives us to the Lord and drives us for an answer outside of ourselves. We've spent so much time looking for answers within ourselves that to have something that we can't handle will allow us to go to the feet of God and ask, what do I do? That's my prayer for all the fear going on. I don't know whether that's happening. I think in some cases it is. So, What I'm seeing is parents that are on those tracks to protect them or to push them, they are filling their lives with things that they think they can control or things that will further benefit their children. And unfortunately, what what the statistics are telling us, the families and the kids are saying that church is irrelevant. In other words, we're not answering the questions they need answered. The church is hypocritical. We don't trust them anymore. And the worst one is we don't believe any longer. And to me, that's terrible. I, I don't know if you've looked at the attendance records of your children's ministry, but what I was noticing was they very much cycled. We'd get new families, they would stick around for a while, and then baseball season would start, and then they would disappear for the baseball season, and we thought they would come back when it was finished, but they were very sporadic in their attendance, or dance recitals started, and and all of those other things in life took precedence, and church was a very low priority. And unfortunately, we're not providing what they need. They they look elsewhere to what they think are greener pastures, but it's just a dark world. And they are failing to embrace Deuteronomy 6 and the command to raise and disciple their children and to pass their faith on to their children and grandchildren. And it's just a bad cycle. They're becoming more and more desperate and they're looking to the wrong place for their answers instead of looking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if you've seen the Kids Strength for Life logo. It's a triangle, two of the sides of the triangle. One is to develop Christ identity, and the other is to develop communication, mm-hmm. or two of the sides. And I think that communication is so important, especially when they're bringing out screens. They should be talking. They should be communicating. Parents should be sharing and asking them what they think about things and yes. and just have a dialogue. And mm-hmm. it should, not the parents should always be saying, do this, do this, do this. But that dialogue is so important for kids. Yep. And like the restaurant, like you described the restaurant, they could spend time just talking to their kids yep. and finding yep. out how their kids feel that day or what mm-hmm. what's moving them today or is it good, is it bad? And being there for them when... The kids are, are floundering, you know, they're, they feel alone, they feel afraid. And they, as you say, there's a lot to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. But if the parents are there in their camp talking and loving them, w- wouldn't you think that that would be very well spent time? Absolutely. When- I think what we're seeing, these parents are just replicating the way they were parented, but it's getting worse. And I think we're seeing the consequences of cultures that have not engaged the Lord actively in their parenting. I'm not sure if it's even possible to turn that around. I mean, obviously it is with God, all things are possible, but I think we just need to help the ones we can help to do the best we can. And maybe 
a new culture will be formed where it will be turned around. I mean, I think parents have enough trouble with their marriages that the thought of stopping and talking to their children, mm, <laughs> I think yeah. it's compounding problem on top of problem. Yeah. I think we need a real mind shift, foundational mind shift. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't start with a foundation that isn't solid and trying to build it from there. You've got to go back and yes. get that foundation, get the character of the Lord gives us a real strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've been really strong in my talking with parents about having them really learn who God is yeah. you know, and his character. And then that's the foundation from which everything else builds. Yeah, I've started working on my second book, which is going to be all about parenting Generation Alpha. Mm-hmm. My first one is both children's ministry and parents. I want to do something just for parents. And mm-hmm. as I think about it, I think, gosh, we need to go back to parenting methods from the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and start to incorporate some of those values in this new generation. And that's my plan is to think through what was successful for them and how can that translate into today's world? Because like I said, technology is not going away. We do need to reinvent some of our methods, not so much our foundation. Our foundation should be the same, but the way we outwork that foundation, I think is going to be different for this century and these children. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That leads us into another question and we've already touched on it. How important is connection with our kids, parents connecting with their kids and communication? Do you have any more thoughts about that? So as our kids are engaging on social media, I think what they're doing is they are creating an artificial persona of what they want to look like to their friends because they can do that on social media. So they're putting forward a false identity Mm -hmm. and they're engaging from that level. And the result of that is loneliness because they're not really connecting on an emotional level down deeper. And they are very, very lonely and they need that connection time. They need as they get older, as they start to head towards the preteen years, their peer group is becoming increasingly important, starting to transition away from their parents and they want independence. So what what I see is a very valuable thing to do and what I try to do with our children successfully with some and unsuccessful with the others is to find them good, caring, loving, godly adults that will invest in them, mentors. And with our youngest, we actually, the two of us sat down, my daughter and I, and we said, who could we find that you enjoy spending time with in the church? Who's a lady? Uh, And we approached her and she agreed. And my daughter would go and spend time with her. They would paint rocks and leave them around the neighborhood. They would go get an Mm -hmm. ice cream. They would sit down and do a craft together. She started teaching her some songs on the piano. And the two of them became very good friends and she was able to invest in my daughter's life and help her. And then when they moved away, we switched and found another couple from our church who did the same thing. So that is extremely important. For me, growing up, I was one of five children and my parents' marriage was disastrous. And I look at the five of us and all five of us are active Christians Four of us are in ministry, full-time ministry. And I think, how did that happen? 
And I asked them, what was it that kept you around when our parents were so dysfunctional in so many ways? And each one of them had their own story to tell about some other Christian adult mm -hmm. who invested in their life. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I would babysit for a family for our church and I was able to watch them model a godly marriage and even godly parenting. I would often babysit. They would go out to dinner. They would come home and I would stay over the night. And so I would see them living out the way a godly marriage should be. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was invaluable. That was honestly, if I look back, that was the one thing that kept me in the faith, so to speak, mm -hmm. and not in prison. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Finding, yeah. finding mentors, trying to even think about them as a couple who would be good to spend time with our child and, and approaching them and seeing if they would create a relationship with them. They say that statistics show that children from dysfunctional families can succeed if they have a loving, caring adult investing in their life. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's great. It's also not too late for the parent to learn good communication tools with their kids if they are able to, you know, I mean, if they've got some real dysfunction going on, then that may not happen. But I think parents, like we talked about, put away the screens and sit and talk and, you know, designate them some time. I think that's really good for parents. And I think just the parents' input would be augmented so much, even if the parent isn't having a lot of dysfunction going on. Everybody's got a little bit. <laughs> but mm -hmm. even if there's not, not a lot of dysfunction, it seems like reinforcement, like yes. you're saying, would just be so valuable. That's really mm -hmm. good advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, even with parenting, Deuteronomy 6, if you look at that, there talks about when you're walking by the way, when you rise and when you go to bed. If you look at the chapter, it talks about informal interaction and formal interaction, formal being every night before we go to sleep, we pray together mm -hmm. or we read a story, a Bible story we talk about. It. So that would be formalized, mm -hmm. something that we build into the schedule, informal being Maybe when we're riding in the car, we listen to a memory verse song and try to learn it together or, you know, formal is more the family devotion kind of thing. Informal, I think, should still be planned, but it's at one of those times when you're just walking by the way and parents, I think, need to, they need to think through that deliberately, that it just won't, it won't just happen. Mm -hmm. They need to mm -hmm. be conscious of it and talk about it as a couple and plan to do it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's as simple as going for a walk and and admiring God's creation yes. along the walk, along the road. I mean, that in itself will, is invaluable just to turn our hearts back to God and see him as sovereign, mm -hmm. as a creator. Sitting down while they're yeah. watching a movie and actually sit and watch with them. Mm. And when something comes up, pause it and talk about it. Yeah, If they're on a game on their computers or their phones, download it yourself and play with them and engage them using the technology that they want. But that way you can build a connection with what they are naturally already doing. Yeah. And give feedback when necessary. Mm -hmm. oh, good idea. Great ideas. Thank you. Okay. We've been talking some about screens and the advantage of connecting to our kids rather than letting the screens connect to our kids. Mm. Do you have some comments on what might happen if a parent chooses to go with entertainment over connection? I think, obviously, it's going to distance your relationship with them. They're going to look elsewhere for that emotional connection. 
Mm-hmm. Too much technology. There's a lot of research being done on that in terms of how it is disrupting their sleep patterns. Their attention spans are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. They need much more stimulation to keep them interested in anything. They're harder to wow. They've got so many things that are visual and they can get automatically. So that's all going to have an impact on them. I think the end, though, is what we were talking about in terms of loneliness. I think that as they try to fill the need or connection with other means, they're either going to go down the wrong track and engage with the wrong kind of people, or they're going to end up very lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lonely is not good. No. Janine, we have been sharing a lot of doom and gloom. It's been kind of depressing what we've been talking about. And I just want to be sure that we're not discouraging parents. And sure. Yeah. Where can where can parents find hope for everything going on? What is there hope? I well, we know there is, but, but yes. But how do parents find it? When they're just feeling overwhelmed. I think going back to the basics, there is always hope, hope in the Lord. So we're going to stop there and pick up with a few hopeful things next week. In the meantime, don't forget that you can find Janine and her resources at grace4kids.org. And with that, we will say bye until next week. And don't forget to rest in the Lord this week. Mm-hmm.